Are you alive? Is this live? I think I'm broadcasting. Hi, I'm Rachel, and welcome to Tales from the Past, because today's a nightmare. Cue the corny music. All right. Well, I mean, obviously I don't have any corny music. This is just a CB radio, but... um. If I was back at the radio station, I could have put together something good. <laughs> I guess just uh, imagine it's like Price is Right playing in the background or something, okay? I'm, uh, I'm in Ottawa. Um, I think. I'm pretty sure I haven't crossed over into Gatineau yet. Uh, since the storms and the floods and everything, the landscape looks a little different, but I'm pretty sure I haven't crossed a bridge. I'm really hoping someone, anyone can hear this. Anyone at all. Uh, if you do hear this, just um, feel free to jump on in here and let me know that you're alive. It's been a while since I've seen some signs of life. You know, there. It used to be you'd walk around the city and there was kind of proof someone someone else was around, you know, proof of a campfire or smoke in the distance or food where there wouldn't logically have been food or, I don't know, a fairly clean teddy bear just lying in the woods. But it's been a few months since I've seen anybody um, or heard hide nor tail of anybody seen any sign of life really I haven't seen a real person in quite some time but I don't know just proof that other people were walking around it kind of made things a little easier you know so how about that winter huh <laughs> everyone who had a killer winter say I <laughs> see what I did there yeah that was probably inappropriate Winter in Ottawa at the best of times is awful. You're basically just a walking frickin' ice zombie everywhere you go. It's covered in mounds and mounds of snow and that wind. Oh, the wind. No matter what you do, it just... You just always feel freezing. This time around, things were just that much worse, you know? The pipes started bursting and... People couldn't keep up with the repairs, and things just kept getting worse and worse until we lost heat and a lot of power, and... People tried to stay warm the best they could. I mean, they really did. Lighting fires in their living rooms or... Turning on their barbecues in their kitchen. The problem with that, though, is just with all the fumes, you know, you're basically just writing yourself a quick ticket out. I lived in a good community. Um, we tried to help each other as much as we could, you know, trading resources and trying to keep each other warm, keep each other somewhat fed. When people started really dying, I mean, families didn't want to get separated. They didn't want to leave their loved ones. And I had only moved to the city. I was living alone. And, you know, there comes a time where you just, you go or you don't go. I had enough winter camping experience that I figured I had some winter survival skills to get me through until I found somewhere else to go, but it just it wasn't safe to stay there anymore. 
And so after a bit of a hike, I wound up at my old radio station of all places. <laughs> I mean, it was actually a pretty great place to be. It got me out of the wind. Um, it had a backup generator. I still had my employee fob when I got there, so I was actually able to get in. Um, see, a couple of years ago, there was a shooting nearby, and some threats were made against one of our talk show hosts, and so the station just kind of redid everything. Bulletproof glass, and you had to use your fob to get in and out of any door, no matter where you were going. Um, as you can imagine, the changeover caused some hilarity. Anyway, so I had, I had my fob, I could get in, it kept me warm, we had some couches to sleep on, and I scrounged up a little bit of food from what was left in the staff kitchens. And I even managed to get a fair few resources just from the different promotions we had lying around, you know, I found some new clothes, or some extra clothes I should say, a big backpack, hell, even a tent. But eventually, as the generator started to die, the doors didn't reliably unlock anymore, and uh, it became clear I had two options. Get locked in my own tomb or move on, so I went. I found this place. Um, it seems pretty safe, you know, the doors lock and they've got a little bit of food. I managed to scavenge up a little bit more. And I have this radio, and uh, I'd really love to hear from you if you're out there. You know, the hardest part's been just kind of making sure to keep warm and dry. <laughs> oh man, I lit so many fires this past couple of years. And in places that you wouldn't even think possible. I mean, they should have given me my own TV show. If that's something we still did. I taught my first boyfriend how to light fire. If you ever want to learn anything about a person, teach them a brand new skill. You will learn a lot real quick. He grew up in one of those families that didn't go camping. And honestly, I just thought it would be hot to watch him rub two sticks together. So we took him out and then we went into the woods. So I showed him what to do and he's trying and he's trying and it is just not happening. He can't get any sparks to fly. And I'm giving suggestions and I'm watching this guy just get more and more frustrated and more and more angry. So eventually I figure, okay, we'll just, we'll change it up. You know, we live in the 21st century. We have lighters. We'll just, we'll build a teepee fire. Simple, easy, no worries. Get it done. Have a fire for the night. But for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, he just couldn't get it going. So this whole thing culminates with him just, you know, kicking over all of our wood and throwing our dinner across the campsite and stumbling into his tent lamenting about the fact that he wasn't a man because he couldn't light a fire. And what kind of man can't light a fire? I found it hard to be with him after that. I mean, he was right after all, but... Not for the reasons he thought. I feel like this should be easier, you know? I used to talk for a living, for Christ's sake. This should be old hat. But it's different with news. You know, in the news there's always something to say. There's, there's a story to break, or an angle to analyze, and, and truth to be told. 
And I was a reporter here for a fair few years. You know, I reported on Parliament Hill. I interviewed a lot of people. And I was good at my job. And even back from when the weather just started to show hints of its severity, I mean, we were asking questions. We were always asking questions. People were afraid to say anything. I mean, politicians would look at their comms handlers before they'd so much as exhale, let alone answer our questions. And that never sat right with me, and I've always... I've been reporting in politics long enough to know when there's things people aren't saying, you know? And it turns out there was a lot they weren't saying. We had this one minister. Every time, every time he was about to lie or dodge a question, he'd put his right hand in his pocket. No doubt this was a coping mechanism trained into him so that he wouldn't, you know, show the answer on his face somehow. I bet he had a different tick before his PR people got a hold of him. So he'd come up to the podium, and he would give his answers, and reporters would thank him for his time and go and write their stories. But the second I saw that hand go into his pocket, I just knew that I had to keep digging. Of course, this didn't make me very popular with my news director. <laughs> he, however, was more, more worried about getting scooped than getting the real story, and that's the thing in news. You never want to get scooped. You want to be the first. So I'd let him worry, and then I'd come back with the real story, and he'd love me again. And so when things started to get really bad, it was obvious to me that there was just bigger things we weren't being told. We, I knew people knew more than they were saying. If you were lucky enough to sit in the right seat in the right room, then certainly you'd had fair warning, but the, as for the general public, they didn't know. Nobody wanted to say it. That this weather and all of the fallout and the climbing death tolls, that wasn't going to stop any time soon. Really, what would it change, you know, if people did know? How could they really prepare you for something like that? And there's only so much you can do anyway, right, until the floods came. Or until the winds uh, blew so hard that they blew over all the trees. Or rain that didn't stop for days. Or winters that just felt like they just weren't going to end. We should have been told. People should have known. During the last winters when things got, you know, the worst, I mean, that's when really most people just started dropping. And slowly but surely there was fewer and fewer people to talk to, and eventually it just became a game of tag, you know? Someone would leave, I was here, here's my note of what I've been through, or here's my token, I don't have many days left. I feel like I've gathered up a lot of people's stories on this, uh, on this journey to where I am now. And now I get to carry all of them. Who knows? Maybe I'll find someone on this channel. Maybe someone out there will hear this and respond, and then maybe I'll have someone to tell those stories too. But I'm going to keep trying. Every time I can, every time there's a clearish. A clear section of weather I will try and broadcast, and if anyone is out there, I will try and find you. 
Because I know I can't be the only one. It's impossible for me to be the only one left. I just... I haven't seen any proof to the contrary in a while, and it would be really, really cool if I could. I really hope you're out there. I really hope you're listening. And I really hope sometime soon we get to meet.